Awesome. So here we are. Welcome to the Stepsetter podcast. I'm joined by Lenka and Maike from VUGA. VUGA is a very known game development company and Lenka is the vice president of human resources at VUGA. Maike is head of communication. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. I will give a chance to each of you to introduce yourself, maybe speak a little, little about your own, your own background. So uh, maybe Maike, you can you can kick it off and uh, and uh, introduce yourself. Yes, uh, thank you, Matteo, and uh, thank you for having us um, on your podcast. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, I'm yeah, I'm Maike. I'm heading the communications department at Huga, and I've been with Huga now since over eight years. So um, I've I've seen a lot. Um, and uh, I've seen ups and downs, um, very exciting times. I've learned a lot. And I've also see, seen the company developing and growing, um, also not just in terms of headcount, but also in terms of how we do things, how we learn, how we improve, and um, how we communicate internally and externally. Um, and it's just a very exciting ride. And I'm, I'm very happy to be able to share some of those learnings today with you. Thank you so much, Maike. How about yourself, Lenka? As well, thank you very much for having us, Matteo. Um, and I can just, uh, you know, add to Maike that in my eight plus years at VUGA as well, I think it's been an incredible ride. Uh, a lot of learning experiences, which I hope that we'll be able to convey as well in this session. And otherwise, my path to HR led through, uh, you know, me originally being an educator as well. And uh, my path to Germany led through a couple of European countries. I'm originally from Slovakia and uh, basically wandered in my career and educational path through Czech Republic, Ireland until I landed, until I landed in Germany. Um, so I do hope that we'll be able to contribute with some information which are relevant for the listeners today. Yeah, I'm sure you both will. And thank you. Thank you both for, for being here. And, uh, and, you know, prior to, to recording, like we had, of course, a separate chat and I explained to you why I approached VUGA in the first place. And, and, you know, I come from a similar industry, uh, specifically I have a background in, in sales and business development and I've been familiar with, uh, with VUGA for, for quite some time now being you know, one of the top game developers out there. Uh, but, you know, if I were to, uh, let's say, approach VUGA now on, on just a simple Google search, then there's quite a few really positive news that pop up about, uh, about the company. And this is what prompted me to, to contact you. Uh, for the for the purpose of this podcast, the one thing that you know I recently came across is the fact that Fuga are now 100% carbon neutral, which was you know sort of like a very nice surprise. It's not something that you see that you see every day, especially in uh, in companies that are not necessarily um, directly related to let's say the environmental sustainability. Um, and uh, and then from then you know I made some some little research and I, I dug a little deeper on the question of sustainability and mental health. And, uh, and there's uh, several nice things that, uh, that, I, that I found out and that's why I decided to reach out to you. And I'm really, really pleased that you, that you agreed to do this. Um, so to, to kick off the discussion, um, you know, clearly we mentioned that uh, for those people who are not familiar with VUGA, VUGA is one of the, uh, one of the top players in, in game development. Specifically right now, they're, they're among the market leaders for the um, hidden object games. Um, there, are some, there are some really big titles out there, June's Journey, Pearl's Peril, and so on and so forth. And, and uh, you know, maybe what, what so, something that many people are not completely familiar with 
is the connection between the gaming industry and mental health, right? So in this podcast, we, we discuss, you know, everything related to mental health, specifically uh, mental health in the workplace. And uh, I know for a fact that uh, the gaming industry has been uh, sort of under scrutiny uh, because of, uh, because of um, you know, mental health talks. We know that uh, for one reason or the other, um, this, is a, this is a very hot topic in the industry, just like in many industries. And so I wanted to maybe give you the chance together with me to, um, to address this, uh, this matter and, and first of all, understand the gaming industry and mental health. Why are these two uh, connected topics, first of all? So I'll, I'll give you the chance, either Mike or Lenka, to, to address this topic you choose, you choose whomever wants to. Um, yeah, maybe I can, I can just start with some, some general thoughts on the industry, because I think making games is something like you have to do with a lot of passion. And many people who work in the industry are extremely passionate about what they do and just games in general, right? Many people who work at Wuga they they don't just do it for a living they just do it because they love it and um, this is super important in order to create outstanding and amazing games but this obviously also comes uh, with well if you do something you really really love you easily also um, turn into something that you yeah that you start exploiting yourself right when you when you're just so much um, so passionate about something and um, really enjoy what you're doing you also tend to just overdo it and uh, and I think that's something that especially for the games industry um, holds true and that's also something that we at WUGA try to avoid for our for our employees um, yeah and I, I think Lenka can share some more some more insights on how we how we do that I would just like to as well widen maybe there are some specifics to the industry as well because of the, the way how we work. I mean, of course, I think that the pressure, internal pressures of company like Vuga, of, who is working on social games, you know, cannot really be fully compared to a company which is in AAA gaming, where the business model are just working differently. But I think that the specifics of the way how we work are definitely um you know relatively difficult to, to manage from mental perspective as well because you highly likely work even either for new games which means that you really have to be innovative under pressure right you have to be innovative on budget you have to come up with something new something better and that is an incredible load to carry uh, or you can then as an alternative work in a live games and that basically means that you might be working on a project with last for five six seven eight years which again for persons who are creative may feel like a repetitive task where again creativity is something which they are missing right um, and so what we are actively trying to do is just make sure that we you know, rotate people out of the project healthily as well uh, to, to, for instance, counter um, this specific development as well, um, you know, as well, just in comparison with other classical companies in our industries as well, uh, we do not do crunch or, you know, barely do something like crunch. Of course, there will be times when we say, you know, in order to finish a certain project, to finish a certain feature, we need to work longer hours, but it is definitely not comparable or our mentality is not comparable with companies which need to deliver a game as a finished product to a certain date as well. Um, I would as well like to mention that um, something which I have not seen in other companies I worked before as well, I think that uh, we're really incredible in role modeling. I think that, um, you know, you might 
uh, have experience in some companies where you think, wait, if my boss does not leave, it's not okay if I leave before them, right? And I think that at VUGA, we would really foster an environment where we say, you know what, I think it's time for you to shut the computer and go home. Do not feel any pressure to stay. You have a family to take care of. And I think that we're very proactive in managing this work-life balance in our conversations as well. But that's maybe me going into too much depth already. Uh, but that would be basically the gist of it. No, that's, I thank you both for, for mentioning this. And you touched on, I believe, like really crucial points. You know, I you know, I'm, I'm not being a game developer myself. Like I did some, some very, allow me to say, superficial research before, uh, before this chat. And, and crunch indeed is one of those, uh, one of those terms that uh, pops up very often whenever we speak about uh, the, the, the gaming industry, whether it's mobile gaming industry, whether it's social games or AAA games, right? And, uh, and crunch, for those people who are not familiar with the term, refers to the idea of, you know, working longer hours beyond or well beyond the, the 40 hours per week. You know, there is some reports of companies, um, you know, even known companies before, before big game launches where employees were sort of, you know, compelled to work up to maybe 75 to even 100 hours weekly. Um, and, uh, and so crunch is a really, is a really um, big term, a big negative term in the sense because it's directly related to burnout, so to speak. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and you also mentioned the, the idea of the, of the fact that, you know, people working at VUGA developing games are, are creatives and there is a big social component to it. And this is another topic that, uh, that I definitely um, came across during, during my research because when you develop social games and when you, when you want to collect as much feedback as possible from, from your players, there is also a lot of either bullism or negative feedback that comes back your way. And this is also something that it's not always easy to handle for, for game developers. So if that's all right, like, may I ask you maybe, was it ever the case, I would say maybe in the early days, you know, before this, uh, this uh, uh, culture uh, at Vuga was developed that uh, you really had to maybe walk up to uh, an employee who was like, super passionate about developing or working on the game and tell them, hey, you know, this is enough for today. Go home and, and recharge your batteries and, and come back. I would say certainly so. Uh, you know, um, I think that no concrete example comes uh, now to my mind, but uh, I, think, I, I think that these situations are specifically amplified now in the times of Corona, right? I mean, um, you, or. I think that we can be proud of the fact that we have such close relationship to the employees that they really speak up when they miss something. And I think that the big disadvantage of working remotely and not being able to read the room, if you know what I mean, so not being able to see if one of your employees is just maybe, you know, sort of working really hard, uh, is not lifting their head away from the computer as well. So all of these things, those messages, you as a manager especially, you cannot really see. So what is really, really great that with our employees, we do have a relationship where they are able to say, you know, I think that I need help. I think that I need something else. And um, for instance, what we did uh, for us, we did feel that there was this incredible load which our parents now have to carry, not only because of their work on demanding projects, but because of there is this unpredictability in terms of, you know, will the school be open? Will the kindergarten be open? And we saw this is an immense stre stretch for them. This is immense stress for them to manage as well. So what we did was we definitely did have this proactive conversation when we told them, not how can I help you, but 
I really suggest that you downscope your project at the moment. I would actually like to ask you which one of your tasks would you like to hand over or postpone? So these were really conscious conversations which we were having with our employees. And, um, you know, I think that if somebody's listening to what I'm saying, they might be thinking, of course, every company can say that they are doing that, right? But I would like to mention as well that uh, we do have actually a very reliable way how to see what we're doing and what impact does it have on our employees, except from our one-to-ones and our, as I mentioned, what I believe is really trusting relationship, we do have as well a tool where we're actually measuring the upward feedback of our employees on a monthly basis. Um, and uh, in the last couple of months, especially, we did add questions related to mental health, physical health, specifically as well the support, how happy are they with the support from the side of the manager and the organization as well. So I do think that we have a really good sort of pulse on the on the on the, on the temperature of the company um, and understand what's happening so that we can really proactively uh, act on this anonymous feedback uh, as well. So collecting data is important for us as well as fostering these conversations, observing what's happening in the company too. Michael, would you like to add something? Um, yeah, I think just from a parent perspective, especially during the first lockdown when just everything was shut and everyone tried to to work as much as he or she could. Um, it was it was really helpful to know that if it's fine if you don't just complete your hours that you normally have in your contract, but just really everyone does whatever they can. Um, and um, but you also were fine to take the rest that you need, right? That you didn't end up um, working every evening when the when the kids in bed, um, but really know that if yeah, it's, it's fine to postpone things and really just focus on the urgent things and then also focus on your personal and mental health. That was really um, helpful. I think that's, thank you. Thank you both for sharing. I think that's fascinating. You know, I coming from the tech and ad tech industry and, and the startup scene, I know how, you know, how, how true it is that, you know, that a lot of employees and people and entrepreneurs and, and I'm not making a distinction between in this case, employees or leaders, but everyone works really hard and, and long hours. And, uh, and most people feel sort of like compelled to stay over time because uh, like you, like you mentioned, Lenka, like nobody, nobody's leaving after six or six thirty, So everyone is sort of like looking over their shoulder or can I leave? Am I allowed to go? Uh, or should I put in a couple more hours? So, it is really, to me, it's really fascinating and, and really refreshing to hear that, uh, that you know, you're making such a big effort within, within, within VUGA, which is, which is a really known company in the space. And one question that comes to mind to me is, like, what are, in your opinion, the first steps that you take to either assess your existing culture to really tell yourself, okay, where are we in the, in the spectrum from, you know, uh, a company where employees are at risk of burnout or a company where employees are really engaged like how do you how do you assess at what stage you find yourself as a company and and where do you go from there what are the let's say the first steps the first thoughts as as a company leader to take so i think that um it's it's difficult to start right with the question of what is the status of mental health unless you as a company have done some step before when you are already when you're already in a position that 
you have a certain amount of trust, if you know what I mean. I mean, to be honest, even at VUCA, I think it took us definitely a couple of years until we came up with the first uh, with the first questionnaire for our employees in terms of how they feel at VUCA, what do they appreciate most about VUCA, or what they're missing. So I think that our first start, honestly, was a very humble one, questionnaire of three questions. And, uh, you know, then we saw that it's actually the feedback which we're receiving. There is some statistical significance to some points. It is actually really, really helpful to do something like that. But it took us a couple more years. And as well, I think that the technology had to catch up to a certain extent as well until we found out actually it will be good to pay an external provider to provide us the tool where we can measure this kind of feedback. And uh, what happened at Vuga was as well, I think just a sort of lucky coincidence of, of some things. We basically had an employee who had a background in psychology. She was not able to practice it because she was educated in a different country than Germany. However, um, as a company, we have really leveraged that skill and we have basically installed a position of an internal counselor, if you like. Um, of course, after a period of time, we found out there are some limitations to have something like that. But what we found out, it opened our horizons for um, it just understanding that there are people in the company who have difficulties. Um, we actually do relocate a huge amount of people. I think that if you looked eight uh, years back, we had really commitment to relocate people from outside of Germany. Uh, so, uh, you know, at the moment, we definitely uh, have around 60% of employees who are not Germans. And that, of course, of course comes with language difficulties with this cultural onboarding, which you need to go through. It's really a burden to go through. And I think that what we uh, had to acknowledge as well, thanks to our colleague with a psychology background is that um, our employees who are relocated need a little bit more support than the financial support, which we were providing to them up until then, right? You can provide people support, which is beyond, uh, you know, just giving them money for a moving company or paying for their tickets as well. So I think that it was us little by little tip tapping into the topic of, um, you know, people work hard, people are enthusiastic, but as well, their issues aren't necessary with internet or where do I buy a fridge? Their issues really are with, you know, I have moved with my partner here, but uh, I have a job and my partner doesn't, you know? And so this was basically a depth of conversations, which I don't think we as a company were sort of aware of to such an extent as well, but it definitely was the start of opening our horizons as well. And um, what we then did was, once again, we reached out for external help and found out a company which was actually providing to us service where our employees could reach out together with their partners um, and basically for free, uh, you know, enjoy coaching about their personal, but as well work-related topics. Um, so to me, you know, we, we really kind of tipped up into the topic and as we were learning, we, we were improving on things. And I also think um, from the perspective of a communications person, I think um, when you look at the people and their, and their different challenges, everyone's different and everyone handles those situations different. So I think what is also key is to offer different ways of, of speaking up and raising those issues being it um, someone internally who you trust to talk to, but then also if you if you just joined and don't have anyone you feel comfortable sharing your personal problems with, then also offer this external service as well, um, or have an anonymous way of, of of giving it a first approach to to like yeah speak out your problems or your challenges 
um, or just really offer direct contact. So really have a variety of, of different ways of how to start tackling those challenges for employees, I think helps, helps as well. You know, I'm, 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 I'm looking down and now we are, we are on video and I'm, and, and I'm taking so many notes and I think there's, there's so much to, to uncover. I wish we had like six or seven hours for this, uh, for this, for this discussion. But you, again, you touched on, on something that I feel it's, it's some really, really relevant takeaway. One thing that I particularly liked, you know, among the things that I wrote down is the fact that, um, of course, you know, it took, it took a while. It's not something that you develop overnight, right? Like it's, it's about developing a sustainable culture. It's not, there, is no, there is no fixed template to go about this and, and you work on it in a week and, and, and you see how it goes. This is actually that you mentioned, you know, it took the first, let's say, couple of years to figure things out. There was, there was an initial simple questionnaire uh, with, uh, you know, just a bunch of questions. One thing that I really liked is the fact that you looked into your internal resources and uh, and you found your own initial internal sponsors right like you had people with uh, with a background in psychology and i feel that this is something and it might be just my personal opinion but i feel like this is something that not a lot of companies do because i totally recognize the importance of of uh, looking for external uh, let's say either software providers or technology companies or consultants that uh, that know their know their way around better because that's their field but at the same time it's really crucial to look at who you are working with already internally and see if there can be at least an initial internal leverage for that and i think this this was um, you know this is really um, something something terrific to to implement and uh, and then of course you know you mentioned um, the fact that there is there is more beyond financial support, and uh, and the fact that there needs to be a very transparent communication. You touched on, let's say, you know, cognitive diversity. Everyone is different. Everyone thinks differently. Everyone can bring um, different value to the table, and you need to be able, as a company, to address those needs and resources differently. So, th what I think in this sense, and you can you're free to correct me if I'm wrong, is that this whole cultural structure of sustainability, let's call it, has to come from a, you know, from a serious top-down approach. This is not something that, uh, that can be necessarily promoted uh, from, uh, from individuals, where, which I'm sure, you know, to a certain extent it was, but it has to come from the top. It has to, it has to come from the leadership team and, 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 and managers like yourself who say, you know, we want to, we want to set this example. This is, how, this is how we feel like it should be done. Do you, do you feel like that this was the way things were, were structured at VUCA? Is it something that uh, leaders like yourself uh, took on themselves to, to sort of like provide people with an example? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we've been founded uh, in 2009 um, um, by Jens Begemann, um, who, who left the company this year. But I think the the heart and soul he put into building the culture for Vuga from the from day one really is something that we that we just still have and feel um, and the one thing that that was always super important to him was communication so um, Jens was um, notorious <laughs> about preparing his own presentations as well right um, and making sure that every single message being it internal or external um, would be prepared and thought through a couple of times to always make sure that um, 
yeah, it, it, it lands right and um, all the different um, stakeholders are taken into account. So communication has always been extremely important to us and it's still until today. And that's, um, yeah, we put a lot of effort into always making sure that the right message um, is received by the right people at the right point in time through the right channel. Um, so yeah, that that was clearly top down. But then also, I think in order to 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 keep living it and and um, making sure that this still um, keeps going, you need it from both directions, right? And that's why we also made thoughtful communication our core company value at some point. And we don't only expect the management and and leaders in the company to make sure they they communicate in a way that uh, messages are received. Um, uh, respectfully and are also um, delivered respectfully but we also expect that from everyone um, in the company right to um, being it in meetings being it in one-on-ones to really just um, yeah talk respectfully to one another um, take different um, opinions into account make sure that everyone's heard so this is really about like something that comes from both directions I can only add that, uh, you know, as Maika mentioned, uh, it started with Jens, but as Jens uh, left us, his legacy totally lives on because I think that we're all in it together. And, you know, I, for instance, really come from Eastern Europe, right? So I can imagine my prototype of a leader is coming from an environment when you're thinking, oh, you know, mental health, it sounds like you know, it's something which just cost me money, cost me energy, well, I need to produce, right? I am a business person. And so, you know, my suggestion to anybody who is doubting or having thoughts like that, I would just suggest, even if you're not a person who is really internally linked or connected to this topic or don't feel like it's necessary, just, um, you know, try not to say no. I bet that you have some opportunities in your organization, uh, which can be a, a leverage just to open up for the topic. For instance, for VUGA, we do have a institution called Brownback, which is our knowledge exchange uh, session. We basically invite different experts, usually on, you know, expertise, which are important for games, such as game design or art or engineering. And these people come for lunch and share their expertise in half an hour. Then we have questions and answers, and then we have nice lunch, which we spend together. And I think that if you have something like that, just invite somebody who is an expert on this topic, especially now in times of Corona, you will probably run into an open door because the topic can be really, really interesting in terms of, you know, how to balance your life in these times. It can be incredibly motivating thing, which may not cost too much energy, too much time, and doesn't as well require uh, to create a, you know, specific uh, institution in your organization. So you probably have something where you can just easily test it and win really a lot of employees' engagement. Which, which I think it's also it's also very relevant for you know we speak a lot these days about learning and development right it's uh, L and D it's such it's sort of like becoming one of those buzzwords where where like you said you know companies could tell could tell the the the, the public like okay yeah we do this or we do that but like it takes it takes some very uh, practical examples like the one you mentioned where you you really you know, give the impression that you're doing something about it. You are making a dent into, into learning and development. And I feel that, you know, this um, knowledge ex exchange sessions are definitely, you know, one of those factors that, uh, that make a difference uh, for those people who want to, you know, consider, let's say, 
uh, different activities or lateral move or fantasize about where, they, where their career could take them next within, within VUGA. So, um, you know, hats off for, for this initiative. And one thing that I, that I wanted, to, wanted to touch on, and, and this is one of those things that I came across while, while Googling um, about, uh, about VUGA, is the um, Take This organization. And uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, many people are, are not familiar with it, but I feel like that they should. Um, and that's why, you know, maybe I'll ask uh, either of you to, um, let's say, tell the audience and myself, like, what's Take This and uh, what does uh, VUGA have to do with it? So the collaboration with Take This, it's once again a, a combination of, of very different coincidences altogether. So we had basically an employee, Richard, uh, whom I'm very thankful, uh, that he went to one of the biggest conferences in the industry some years ago called GDC in San Francisco. And there in a panel discussion, he was actually talking about the fact how, despite the fact that we are in this industry, um, VUGA is actually for him as an organization uh, supporting mental health very, very proactively and well. And this is how basically the boss of Take This, Yves Krivoshe, uh, caught up with Richard and asked if uh, you know, he would like to link somebody in his organization who is responsible for you know, health, mental health and HR altogether in our organization. And so this is how we basically started something like an exchange circle with some other industry HR specialists, especially from North America, together with Take This. Um, and uh, I can't be thankful enough for being part of this group because I have to be honest, I feel like that uh, North American environment, especially as American environment, is really uh, further along the way when it comes to talking about, um, about mental health, supporting mental health as well. Um, I feel that in Germany, uh, you know, we have simply, you know, less access. There is still taboo when you want to talk about it. And of course, if you're an international company, we'll find out as well that there are barely any English speaking specialists who would be available on the German market as well. And so it's great to work with Take This because for me, it's an eye-opening organization. I feel like there are many, many steps ahead and I am happily catching up by, you know, them sharing information, best practices. Um, I mean, I can only encourage uh, to, uh, you know, click on their website uh, and just really see what they have to offer. If you're an HR professional or if you're just manager or if you're somebody who loves games, play games or working games, um, because there's a lot of advice in terms of how to deal with the, uh, you know, ins and outs of anything related to, you know, how to lead a better life for you mentally, uh, how to be healthy and happy. And it all comes from within you as well. So be kudos for me. That's that's super interesting. I've I've uh, you know and and I I wasn't familiar with take this. I'll be honest. Like before I you know before coming across um, you know blogs relative to you know their nonprofit and and Vogue itself. But there are indeed many themes and specifically three core themes that they address: being instability, inclusion, and public interaction of employees. And these are you know, I believe the more I read about it, the, the more crucial I think it is. And, and indeed, like to know that companies like, uh, like Fuga joined this, uh, this circle, so to speak, makes people feel, uh, feel safe in this, uh, in this sense. And, you know, we are sort of slowly approaching uh, the final part of the discussion, unfortunately. Like I said, like I would do this for hours, but we are, we are time constricted. Um, if I could ask you, um, what is 
the single initiative that you're you're that you're the, the proudest of within Vuga. Uh, if you had to, if you could choose one and uh, you know be it recent or not, like uh, what would it be in terms of like be it mental health specifically or overall employee well-being? For myself, if I may, and I'm 100% biased, for me, the, the, the single or the, one of the most important things, it's really our switch to sustainable planning. Um, I think that we used to be an organization which had to, and it was as well embracing this agile way of working and thinking, which really meant, you know, as you have to be on top of the market, as you have to be on top of your game, you're thinking, you know, planning, it's okay if it's secondary, right? Because what we really need to do, we need to make sure that we are just reacting at any point in time as the market requires. Um, but I do think that within the time, we really learned that in order to make sure that we enable us as a company best, we need to provide a sustainable, healthy, solid environment, which is incredibly difficult, by the way, right? Because the company is driven by so many technological progress-related changes. Um, and I think that, that us being able to plan ahead, what our headcount will be looking like at the end of next year, for instance, how many games would we like to build? It really provides us the ability to be able to say to our employees, you are in a steady job. I know it's games industry. It doesn't necessarily have the reputation of stability, but we are really doing our best. We are informing you about it transparently as well. And, uh, you know, these are the steps. This is the thinking behind those steps, which we are taking as well. Uh, so for me, all the steps in order to ensure stable jobs, that has been for me the, the one most important thing. Um, yeah, and I think I'm equally biased, of course, um, but being at the company for so long and and having gone through all these ups and downs um, over the more than eight years, I think we can be really proud on, yeah, also the way how we improved um, or how we communicated the change, right? Because we've been stopping projects. We had been going through um, also through layoffs um, and the, the way that we all collaborated um, and in, increased the collaboration internally um, between HR and communications and all the all the leads um, who who had that really really tough job um, to also sometimes communicate bad news the way that we prepared that in order yeah to to assure um, the people uh, that the the change that is coming is not necessarily bad for them personally um, I think we yeah we've learned a lot along the way and we've become better and better. And, and we've always um, been open to yeah learn how we how we do things, and I think we're doing a, a decent I, job today. I agree with Mike. I can only say that no matter what actions you take, if you're not able to communicate them for your audience effectively in the right time, in the right way as well, um, you just won't be a trustworthy organization. And um, I think that this is what we what we what we are working on and are achieving even though of course you might be thinking there's so much more to do thank you thank you both for for sharing once again and and like i said it's it's a pleasure to have this uh, this sort of discussion um what's next then for for vuga and again i don't mean to you know you don't necessarily need to share any an internal plan or or structure or project but like what's your hope uh, if not for vuga for the gaming industry in general moving forward so my hope is 
Um, you know, when I joined VUCA, I was thinking this is the best company I've ever worked for. And um, I think that the fact that I'm here for eight years says something as well. So my hope for other organizations is that they will, you know, try to reach their revenue and profit goals by ensuring that they create a workspace, that they create a work and environment for people where they feel really internally connected and engaged to the company, to the company's vision, you know, to other people, to the company's leadership as well. Um, that's, that's my wish. That's my hope for the future. And I, I think I have, I have this one hope uh, that I keep uh, bringing up for the industry is to, to connect and exchange more um, between companies. So um, just one just recent example, when we communicated about VUCA becoming carbon neutral, we actually, um, on that um, website, we also put a call to action and um, created an email address for people to reach out to us if they want to know how we did it. And if, if maybe in their company, they would also like to, to learn a bit more of like, is it really so complicated? Because when we started that project, I was also thinking, oh my God, this, this sounds complicated. Let's just push it, push it down, right? And really just to learn from each other and to connect and to be open and um, open to sharing also insights and learnings is something that's, that's very dear to me and that I would love for other companies inside the industry and also outside the industry to be, to be more open. This is really the best feedback I could uh, I could ever get, and I you know once again I think you both touched on on some really relevant points, and and you know with this being said, the only thing I can say is is thank you once again. I I definitely got a better picture of the gaming industry in general from the uh, from a well-being uh, standpoint. I definitely got um, an even better view about VUGA, which was which was which was already very positive, and I can only say that uh, that uh, VUGA and any other company are are extremely uh, lucky to have people like you on board because I, I feel like you are making a difference in the space. So, um, Mike and Lenka, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast, for opening it up, and uh, and provide us with uh, what I would say are very practical insights about uh, about the company and the industry. Thank you, Matteo. It was a great pleasure. Yes, thank you so much for having us.